You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. I was reading through the week in Mark 2, and it's a story quite possibly that you know. It's about the man who was needing healing, and Jesus had come to town. And because the crowds followed Jesus, this man could not get into the house where Jesus was. And so he had four friends that popped him on a stretcher. They were very creative and they decided, well, we've got to get our friend to Jesus somehow. And uh, so uh, let's go on top of the thatch roof. Let's sort of pull some bits and pieces apart and let's lower him down so that he gets to be in the presence of Jesus and Jesus will heal him. I was thinking about that. In that particular chapter, the reading is Mark 2, 1 to 12, but in verse 5, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, it was the faith of the four friends. He healed the man. Now, there's more to that passage of scripture as well, but I just thought that is amazing to have friends that when you're on a stretcher, when things are not going well for you, that whether or not you were paralyzed because of a physical need, a mental need, or an emotional need, that they would pick you up and take you to Jesus. They're the sort of friends that I want. You know, that man was so blessed because he had four friends like that. We are so blessed to have one friend that would see us through difficult times and love us regardless. And so this morning... It's a little bit of a different topic to Mother's Day, but I want to talk about friendship and what it's about. And, you know, so I was thinking, how do we get friends like that? Well, Proverbs has a lot of great advice for us. It has advice as to good friends to have and then those that we need to steer away from. So I've got the scriptures just up on the screen. The first one is in Proverbs 13:20 and it says whoever walks with the wise become wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. We're just going to read straight through them, Nev. So the next one is a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. The man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let your foot seldom be in your neighbour's house, lest he become tired of you and hate you. Hmm. Open rebuke is better than love that is hidden. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are lavish and deceitful. The flatterer who loudly praises and glorifies his neighbour rising early in the morning, it shall be counted as cursing him, for he will be suspected of sinister purposes. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend to show rage 
or worthy praise. We were made to connect and to belong. There is a longing in each one of our hearts to connect not only with God, our creator, but also with each other. In fact, that's the way God designed it. He didn't design us to be an island, to live on our own, just to do our own thing. He created us to be in connection with other people. Now, let me just say straight up, that connection, people feel that if they haven't got a lifetime partner, then there's, they haven't made that connection. But I think friendship is so underrated. If you have a good friend, if you have someone that will stick with you through good times and difficult times, then you have a priceless treasure that sometimes even those that have a lifetime partner never ever get to experience. So I just want to take the veil completely off this, that I'm not talking about romantic love, because I think that romantic um, companionship, what that does, that, that can e- either be wonderful or not so good. Friendships, however, are something that can be lifelong. You can make a friend when you go to school and they can attend your funeral many decades later and say good things about you simply because of the friendship that was born. Jesus had friends. He had 12 that he shared his life with, that he confided in, that he loved, that he, um, that he depended upon. This is Jesus. If Jesus needed friends and included them in his life, how much more do we need to have those as well? Okay, so friendship isn't just a matter of automatically happening, and you know that. I'm speaking to people that know that friendship isn't something that, you know, you just turn up and, hey, there's a whole lot of friends there. Friendship is something that must be discovered. Can I suggest, you know, we have lots of opportunities for friendship on social media, but uh, I don't know that they'll be there when the chips are down. I don't, it's a lovely way to stay in contact and to know what different people are doing, but you are kidding yourself if those 500 people that you have on your friends are all going to be there when difficult times come. We actually have to pull apart what is a friend and what is a, a, an acquaintance or somebody that's on the landscape of your life. Look, all of those people contribute to your life. They actually can bless your life. I'm not saying that there's any less, but really you don't tell the you story. You don't bear your soul. Oh, please don't bear your soul on so- social network. I've seen that from time to time and I think, oh, oh, that person needs a friend. You don't bear your soul to everyone, but we need someone that we can. Friendship is born in that moment when someone says, What? You too? 
You see that? You love that? You enjoy that? I thought I was the only one. Suddenly, there's a connection that takes place. Now, it could be over a variety of things. It could be that you enthusiastically play Monopoly and you have found somebody that enjoys that as well. Wait. Maybe you have a passion to breed hermit crabs. And someone says, what? You too? In that moment, a connection is made. And all the other things are the connectors in between. We just need to find that connection, that that common truth, that common topic that then connects us, not only around conversation, but also around wanting to spend time with each other. You see, you can't just have a friend for friend's sake. You can't just say, I want to have a friend and so I'm just choosing you. There has to be some commonality that binds you together. There has to be some common interest. For you can spend time together, but it's not going to be lifelong. It's not going to be special. It's not going to be intimate because there hasn't been that original connection. You've played Monopoly. Well, I'm sure most of you have. Remember the talks that you have while you're doing something. Whatever interests that you may have, it's the interest is the connection, but then there's the conversation that goes deeper and deeper with each time that you get together. And that's how friendship develops. It's more a discovery. I hope that you discover friends at Generation City Church. There's certainly life groups that we have put in place that, um, that are there to make it easier for people to say, well, you know, I really like to cook, by the way, that's on tomorrow night, and so I'm going to go and I'm going to meet a group of women that like to cook. Is there a special friend for me there? I don't know, but I'm going to go and I'm going to talk and I'm going to find out. Just maybe within that group of women, there's someone that I'm going to take a step further in friendship with. It's not just going to be an acquaintance. A number of years ago, I went to a Cliff Richard concert. And uh, I'm not particularly a Cliff Richard fan, although, you know, I'm up for anything. I like a new thing. And um, I didn't buy the ticket. In fact, I didn't know the girl that I went with. Uh, What happened was some solicitor in Tari, I don't know what her name was, she had bought tickets to the Cliff Richard concert in the entertainment centre and she couldn't go. So she gave her ticket to her PA. And anyway, so the PA was coming and she was bringing a friend, but the friend pulled out at the last minute. So she was looking for somebody to go with. And uh, I don't know how it all worked. In fact, it was way too long ago. But somehow this ticket came into the hands of Marty's nan. And uh, she didn't want to go. 
And we were living with her at the time. And so she just said to me, oh, look, this is... It really doesn't seem to matter who goes, but there's this ticket and uh, this girl will pick you up and you'll be going to the Cliff Richards concert. Well, that was fantastic. It was a bit nerve-wracking, you know. I'm sort of thinking, well, I don't know who this girl is or whatever. Anyway, we arrive at the Cliff Richard concert. We just cannot even find a common ground to talk about. So we're talking about Cliff Richard songs, which unfortunately I'm not very well versed on Cliff. You know, like once they start playing, I can sort of get the gist of what's happening and I'm a little bit better at it now. But because he sort of wasn't on the high top list of songs and whatever else, um, information that I knew about him, it was very difficult to find a common ground. Now, that particular girl that I can't even remember what her name was and I don't remember what she looks like, we have never, ever had contact with each other again. It was just one of those random things that happened. You've got to have a connection. You've got to have that persistence to wanting to get to know each other. But I tell you, in that first instance, if there's not a connection made... It's jolly well hard going after that. So, as we've said, there is a connection, a connection point. There is a common theme. I want to just challenge you this morning. If your common theme with your friendships is the negativity, it's true what is said, birds of a feather flock together. And so if you get together with a group of people and you were pulling down or criticising or gossiping or opposing whatever it might be, that connection can actually grow really, really strong. But it's going to have an unhealthy effect on who you are. Proverbs 13.20 that we read earlier says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You become who you hang around with. And so sometimes those tight circles of friendship actually need to be broken so that you can actually step out and become healthy again. So despite having a connection, we need to work on the building blocks so that friendships develop and become stronger. And there's four areas that I want to just quickly speak about. The first one is um, constancy, and that is the quality of being faithful and dependable. I want you to turn your eyes to the screen. I've got a little short Toy Story clip And one of the predominant themes in all of the Toy Story movies is that of friendship. A friendship that continues through good times and bad. And the final scene in this Toy Story 3, with all the toys heading towards imminent destruction, hand in hand, is quite moving. I don't know that there's a rating on this, but if you get a little bit scared, just close your eyes. True friends... Constancy, the quality of being faithful and dependable. As we've read earlier on the screen, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The meaning of this verse is that friends love through all kinds of weather, but families stick together 
in all kinds of trouble. I don't know whether that's true for you, but that's what the meaning of that this scripture is. All times doesn't mean like all the time you're with your friend. Because we've also read this morning a scripture in Proverbs that says, seldom set your foot in a neighbor's house or he will become tired of you and hate you. All times actually mean that you are there for your friend in good times and in bad. Fair weather friends are not real friends at all. If they're only your friends when you've got money, when things are going fine, when you're happy, when there's an opportunity, they are actually using you. And you use people. Fair weather friends are not good friends. A real friend chooses to love us every time, whether we're lovable or even likeable. And we are all in that position. Sometimes we are just the most lovable, happy, wonderful person. And at other times we are just pathetically unlikable. But our friend believes the best about us and doesn't just wipe us because of a bad situation or a bad moment in your life. But actually, they stick there. They're with you. They want you to succeed and get through. So there's constancy and then there's consideration. That's thoughtfulness and sensitivity towards others. Once again, we've read on the screen this morning, Proverbs 27, 14. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. You go to your neighbour's house at six o'clock in the morning and start ringing bells and saying hi and, uh, you know, having a party atmosphere arrive at their doorstep. You are not a good friend unless they've been awake for hours as well and they're waiting for the party to arrive. Being a considerate friend is actually reading where they're at, reading emotionally where they're at. If, if you, it says in uh, Proverbs twenty five twenty, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured upon a wound is one who sings song to a heavy heart. If you are low and if you are heavy and if your friend is sitting there having a cup of coffee with you singing a song, it's like vinegar on a wound. They are totally misreading where you're at and what needs to happen in that moment. A true friend is considerate. They will listen to you, they will encourage you and they will believe the best. I love that scripture the, the Bible's so full of practical wisdom where it says, seldom set foot in your neighbour's house, too much of you and they will hate you. Have you ever had a friend that's come by too often? You don't have to shake your head. You don't have to do anything like that. I remember when we lived in Katara, we had a carport. And uh, so when the car, our car was in, I always had this person come and drop in. Now, at first it wasn't so bad. It was fine like she was nice and everything but she came too often and she stayed too long so it made me want to park my own car around the corner so it wasn't in the car park it made me want to draw my blinds so that she didn't think that anybody was there I didn't 
come to hate her, but I really came to, you know, um, I was hiding. I had to hide in my own home from this person that was so lonely and was only looking to spend time with someone that they thought was nice. I wasn't that nice. So seldom read the signs, read the signals. Be a person that is invited around because your company is, you know, is is something that is a gift to them rather than have, letting them have to hide in their own house. Yeah. Okay, so the third one is candor. And that's the quality of being open and honest. Okay, so we, we have looked at the building blocks of constancy, being there for your friend. We've looked at consideration. So it isn't just all about the way I feel. I'm actually looking at my friend and seeing what they need in this moment as well. There's candor. And the quality of being open and honest. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Better is an open reprimand of loving correction than love that is hidden. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who correct out of love and concern. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden gender. If you have a friend that will tell you what you need to hear, you are a very blessed person. If your friend will not just tell you that your dress is too tight, so don't buy that one, you know, that's sort of a friend like that. Or, you know, that you've got a, you know, your voice isn't the best, so don't go on Australian Idol. You know, <laughs> that's one level. But there is another level where... What a person is actually telling you is giving them pain as well as the pain that it's given you because of the discussion that it's at, at hand. Oscar Wilde said, true friends stab you in the front. Those who stab you in the back are not your friends. If you have someone that will have a face-to-face -face conversation with you, okay? And they're saying, you know, we're friends. We've spent a lot of time together, but I just need to, I just need to have a chat with you about this. I don't understand that. What, why are you doing that? Because I've noticed that this is the flow-on effect and this is what's happening. And because I'm your friend, I care. It's not going behind your back to the other four friends and saying, have you noticed the difference over there? What on earth is that person doing? Like, isn't she an idiot? Like, really, let's not invite her to whatever else because, you know, she's just being painful at the moment. Instead of stabbing or doing an operation on the heart face-to-face, -face. I think you get the um, gist of what I'm trying to say. Now, maybe in your friendship you say, I love that person far too much to confront. I love them too much to broach that subject. But according to these verses that I've read, you are hiding and covering up the truth. And so you are actually an enemy to them. You are kissing their cheek. 
saying everything's okay. No, I didn't notice anything. No, you're wonderful. No, really? I can't understand why that would ever happen. No, kiss, kiss, kiss. If you were saying that you love a person too much to tell him the truth, then what you were saying really is, I love myself too much to really go through that. And you need to step back and realise that you are not a real friend. One of the essential building blocks in your friendship has a great big crack in it. Now, of course, that's not something that... (laughs) is easy to do and it's certainly not something that you do on your third coffee. (laughs) wouldn't suggest that at all. But if you are growing and developing in a friendship that you want to be intimate and longer than the last friendship last and you were trying to put new skills into place, then you will make yourself vulnerable, you will open yourself up and you will allow people to speak to you and in turn, you know, give feedback back to your friend. In Proverbs 29.5, it says, To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. But we also need some guidelines around speaking the truth in love. It says in Colossians 4.6, Let your conversation be always filled with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If you have a friend that is willing to speak to you in that loving, caring way, then you have a deeply loyal friend that loves you. Fourthly, counsel. Comfort and correction as we've read in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Sometimes painful, plain words have to be spoken in order for us to realise something that we didn't want to see. It's very similar to faithful are the wounds of a friend, but it's about looking for your good. You know, the counsel of a friend isn't all about saying how wonderful you are, how wonderful you are, how wonderful you are. And it's not about challenging you all the time either. That's neither of those counsels, whether or not it's extremely positive or or extremely negative, is balanced. In fact, somewhere in the midst of that, there's some sort of abuse that's taking place. It has to be balanced. Counsel has to be something that is fitting and is encouraging, but it also needs to have a challenge to it that says, but you could do better than that. So they're the four building blocks of friendship, or some of them anyway. Have you got someone in your life that can correct you? When you start deviating off into strange places, when your mindsets start to take a really different path to what they were on previously? Have you got someone that you will listen to that will say, hey, what's all this about? What? Come on, let's discuss this. Let's talk about this. And will you listen to them? Or will you stubbornly say, no, this is what I've decided, this is what I want, this is... 
really, that's not the council that is going to go anywhere positive. If you start deviating off on a path, if you start going off away from God, wouldn't you want somebody to actually say, what's happening? Wouldn't you want someone to ring you? Wouldn't you want someone to come over to your place? Wouldn't you want someone to ask you out for coffee and say, what's happening in your life? Where, where are you at because you were so passionate about God? What's happened? Can I be there for you? Can I be like one of those friends that put you on a stretcher and take you to Jesus? Can I pray for you? Can I, can I be there for you? We all need people like that. Bill Hybels, in his book, says we should choose friends who by their example call us to a higher level of honesty, whose mere presence challenges us to think before we speak and to apply standards of truthfulness. Friends who are tender-hearted and merciful, friends of high integrity, who are beyond reproach, who will pull us higher to higher levels of character, not lower. We need to look for people to whom we can bear our hearts and souls and who will guard what we tell them. We need friends with a reconciling, forgiving spirit who are committed to working through relational conflicts quickly. I I think sometimes we don't um, step into that level of friendship because we ourselves are not great friends. It's tough being there for someone all the time. It's, it's tough. It's difficult to challenge someone in a loving way, particularly if you know they're sensitive. It, it's difficult to always be considerate when the person that you're talking with just seems to be so self-centred. It can be difficult in all of those things. So how do we do it? How do we really do it as Christians? We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that wants to lead and guide us into friendships, into relationships that are healthy and holy. A whole. Holy. Well, holy. Um, Whole. He wants to guide us. He wants to give us us his ability on our ability so that when the going gets tough that we actually rely on the Holy Spirit to help us help that person so that we when we pray for our friend that we're relying on the Holy Spirit to give us a word in season for them not our opinion but his opinion his word that will strengthen them and will bring them into that place of positivity. The Holy Spirit wants to help you, enable you to have friends that will be lifelong. You know, within a church, I always think it's interesting because, you know, we come from all different walks of life. And, you know, it's sort of like the type of friend that you would choose, maybe one you know, it may fit into one box. But when you come to a church, you think, you know what, my best, one of my friends uh, wears a, a gaudy tie that you wouldn't be seen dead with, but 
I love them to bits. Yeah, all of a sudden the differences or the things or the nerdy or the, you know, the glitterazzi or the, yeah, yeah, you know what, it might be completely different to who you are, but our common ground is Jesus. And so it doesn't matter what taste that person has in so many other areas because the common ground is Jesus. And we can build those building blocks with people that don't look anything like us. In fact, one of the friends in my life that I just thank God for is a country girl. She and her husband had a farm and they sheared sheep and she has no dress sense. She has just... I could just tell you about her and you would think that she is just 100% different to me. And she is, completely. I am a city girl. I like high heels. I, she likes none of that. But our common ground is Jesus. And we have walked through thick and thin together. She understands me and I understand her. And when we sit at McDonald's in Musselbrook, which is halfway Four times a year, we sit across the table as friends and I almost catch my breath when she wants to challenge me on something because I know she's been praying for me. I know that it's going to be good for my soul, but it's not always something I want to hear. And at the end of the day, as I am driving home, I'm saying, thank you so much, God, for that friend. Thank you so much for that friend. I just really believe that God wants to breathe friendship, relationship. And I know this is an incredibly practical word and maybe you were hoping to come to, on, to church on Mother's Day and get something a bit more spiritual. But I want to tell you that if we are connected to God and our relationship with him is such that we are learning more and more and more about the character of who he is, that will then touch our heart And it will be outworked in the friendships and with the relationships that we have. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are just our best friend. I thank you that you went to the cross. You gave up everything, everything for us. You were the best friend we could ever, ever have. You shine the light on different areas in our hearts and oh sometimes it's so painful when you do that but we know that it's all for our good and it's because you love us so much that you don't want us to stay in that place of darkness God I thank you that you strengthen us and you give us the ability to have discernment with friends God I pray that you would continue to open our eyes up God, so that we could see who is in the sphere of our life that maybe we have overlooked. Maybe we have thought, oh, but that's not really who I'm looking for. That's not really what I want. God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, so that we could be a friend to others and so that we can be honest and open and transparent with the friends that you give us. God, help us to be loyal. Help us to be faithful. Help us to speak words of grace. 
so that God that we are safe people to be around, that we're not people that are stabbing people in the back, but, God, that we are having tough conversations that actually bring us into a deeper, more intimate place with people. God, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that helps us do that. You are amazing, and today we just say we love you. Thank you.